Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Bit Effect, where we are still arguing. So tired. tired it's been like two weeks and we've just been arguing the whole time i know yeah arguing for forever anyway yeah so as you remember last time we had to cut the conversation short because we were just arguing our bums off uh that's family friendly me <laughs> already just making a complete bum <laughs> of myself anyway so last week we spoke about Street Fighter 5, not Tekken 5, Street Fighter 5, and we covered, what was the other one we covered? It's been that long ago, I can't, Skyrim, that's right, and we all agreed that Skyrim wasn't bad. So, (laughs) this week, to kick us off, I'm just going to go straight into the action with um, a constant conversation that we kind of touch on, and that is what is the best Bioshock and I think it doesn't just cover what is the best one it also covers what is the worst one and I'm not sure but I think there's three different combinations of what we (laughs) think in this so this could get confusing I might have to draw myself a diagram which I will post on Twitter so or maybe we can make a giant map with a bunch of lighthouses to each possible one exactly exactly that would be and then I'll laugh at a turbulent by the way uh, with us today, because it'll be the same as last time, is oh, it's Luke. It's the same, yeah. Hello. Craig is, of course, our ever-present narrator. I'm here. And Mike. Mike, our nuclear Mike. kettle engineer. I'm, Mike. I'm back from the visceral. Okay. Woof. Right, good. Um, yeah, Mike has a kettle that does sound like a nuclear bomb is about to detonate. Uh, how, how do we quickly, know what that sounds like? How quickly does it boil water? Is it does, you just press the button and it goes and it's boiled? <laughs> Great conversation, ah. Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, put, I put a sugar in. I put a tea bag in. I wait for that thing to go off, and it feels just like back in the wall. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, who wants to go first with Bioshock? Because I know what I think. I kind of know what Dave thinks. I can't remember what Luke thinks. And Mike, I think you think what I think, but I can't remember. I think, so I think I might think what you think, but I'm not sure if I think that. But I could well think that. I'll okay. give it a think. Right. So who's going first? Shall I flip something? Or does, does oh, here, I will go in the order of introduction. Luke, you were Luke. introduced first. Oh, no. Luke's just done his nose thing, so let's leave Luke to last. 
Oh, God. Oh, okay. What's yeah. the nose thing? Okay, then, Craig. Yes. If, if we're giving Luke time, go ahead and you go first. And right, then we'll hit okay. Luke last for the nose thing. Okay, so brief overview here of my Bioshock thing. My Bioshock thing, I'll start from the bottom up because it's the nice way to do things. You start from the, the worst, which is Bioshock 2. Now, Bioshock Ooh. 2 for me... <clears throat> Bioshock 2 for me... <laughs> it felt a bit odd the last time we caught this on tape I seem to recall myself saying something along the lines of oh yeah Bioshock 2's got it's got an alright story and it's got much better combat it does have better combat I want to say that now it does but it just feels like everything from Bioshock 1 but a wee bit better and I'm saying that's a bad thing not a good thing because what it means is <laughs> Bioshock 1 was left with the horror and the suspense and everything was brand new whereas Bioshock 2 it felt like a wee bit more of the same and it was a wee bit better and this that and the other personally I think the story was a bit lacklustre in 2 yeah you get to play as a big daddy and I'm sure Dave's going to be like yeah good play as a big daddy but that's only because he has the physical size of a big daddy it makes sense How for him dare to enjoy you? that whereas... <laughs> that's a terrible impersonation <laughs> I'm sorry I'll, I'll, I can't do my American accent that well anyway so I just felt for me Bioshock 1 its strength was from the fact that it was so new and brilliant and twisty and everything was new and fresh and then you hit infinite up in the sky completely and utterly again I felt it was revolutionary I, I loved the flow of that game I loved the rail system and everything about it just felt really new and crisp and I didn't get that from 2 so you can obviously tell 2 for me is the low point. Where I get a wee bit more trouble is what was better 1 or 3 and what troubles me even more is I can't remember what I said the last time I decided <laughs> what was better 1 or 3. I'm almost positive that I said 3 was better but I, I can't quite I can't quite get there it's it's almost 50 50 I think one drew that that horror and that kind of sense of dread and foreboding and it had a lot of the politics involved in the story and it was all very good just drama good I loved it three again you got some twists and some tales and some lighthouses and everything was i thought it was mind-blowing the end of three i know dave you still don't think it is or whatever it's nothing special but i i do think it was really good so that's where i'm at right now and i'm happy if anyone wants to convince me either way with any of that have a bash i think it's a coin toss between one and three half the time um Obviously, the first one's got going for it a hell of a lot. So, you know, you, you weren't aware that there would be a, a significant twist. But I know the detractors out there are going to mention the last boss again. And I like to think that with selective memory, you can make Bioshock 1 the best of the of the trilogy. Um, but yeah, yeah, the last one, you know, I think it helped that Bioshock 2 didn't seem to be too far after the first game it seemed like it just appeared out of nowhere yeah um infinite it seemed like there's a bit bit of a bit of a gap before that arrived and then you know it's got its dlc as well which i i finally completed the other year which are all, all fairly decent um 
But which one do I go with? I mean, I think it. I think infinite, but I still think if we can, if we can just ignore the final boss, then yeah, I'd, I'd go with Bioshock One. Yeah, it. we'll take out the final boss that never really factors into my decision. Yeah, yeah, at all. Fair enough. But two, eh, don't know about that one. Yeah. I think you're you're <laughs> articulating in a slightly different way what I felt, which was it, it feels like, and a not it's no detriment. But Bioshock Two was still a good game to me, but it feels like Bioshock One, Bioshock One Point Five, and then Bioshock Two, or you know some sort of trite way of representing it with numbers. It just felt like yeah, yeah. Two was an iteration and Three was evolution. Yeah, although I, I do also agree with some people that three doesn't have as much sort of uh, breadth to it. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. you're given the scope of options as much as like the, the first game, especially where you'd be like, you know, I could go over this direction. I could. You always felt like you had like three different lanes you could go down in the first first game. Yeah, and by the final one, you know, the illusion's there, but I guess it is quite quite linear. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about open world games here, for sure. We are not. We are <laughs> not, not again. Not yet. Not, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Jeez. Uh, Dave, then, or Luke, actually, are you are you free to talk? Yeah, yeah. On on this matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I didn't get into the Bioshock thing until Bioshock Two, uh, and I think I bought two, and then I thought, oh, I should probably play one before I. I continue, so I got so far in two, and I I got one, and after playing a couple of hours of two, I was just like, mm, two seems like the better game, and I never finished one, uh, just because I was so engrossed with two. Uh, so in order of preference, it would be Bioshock two, followed by Bioshock three, and Bioshock one would be at the end, just because I haven't finished it, and that's all there is to it, I'm afraid. What uh, the hell? I really enjoyed my time with all of them. Yeah. <sighs> That's you've never fin you've never have you not even thought you know what I better go back and finish that it's just never I have never back occasionally um I I don't know why I I stopped playing it I just I, I was having such a good time with you that I never went back to it. fair enough I mean okay I was I was genuine personally I was thinking about suggesting maybe as one of our monthly games to play or something we just hit the trilogy and the, all its remastered beauty. And play it over the course of a couple of nights <laughs> or something like that. Because <laughs> I'm really I, up for that. Yeah, it's something I, I have a burning desire to play it again. That that remastered trilogy is is the perfect opportunity to. Do it. It's got the DLC in there, and you can get it for like twenty five pounds just now. It's like it's a screaming no brainer. I just feel like I need an excuse to play it. So if if you were going to go and finally finish Bioshock One, I would be right there with you doing it. Now, <laughs> let's just um, get the word from the other side of the pond on this matter because Dave I think you might feel slightly differently from Mike and I and maybe more lean towards Luke oh, do I have to be with Luke alright Luke we're buddies let's no it's alright belt around our waist we'll pretend to be conjoined twins we got this I can be um, Rose you can be Jack well, okay why, works why for do me. those conjoined twins have four legs <laughs> What? They're conjoined by a belt. Duh. Oh, just a belt. It's not like you've got yeah. two heads and two arms and two legs. No, 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 no. it's just a belt. 
There's no room on the door, Jack. Okay. All right. So (laughs) I picked up Bioshock 1 when it first released on the PS3, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. You took everything about Ayn Rand's writing and proved why it's just stupid to think that it works. Okay? Yep. It's great. The the Woods are kindly. A man leads, slave obeys. Good stuff. Even the end boss was fun from a gameplay perspective. It was just fun to shoot this thing in the face 42 times with a Tommy gun. Would you kindly move on to the second game? <laughs> Oi! <laughs> Bioshock 2 was even better than Bioshock 1. Right. Because, because yes, Craig, I am going to say because you played as a big daddy. It changed your perspective on everything. I'll leave it right there for right now. Bioshock 3 <laughs> is a steaming pile of crap. <sighs> what? It was good. <laughs> okay. No! It wasn't! Okay. Really quick bullet points. Number one. Okay. Everybody cared for the big daddies in Bioshock 1 and Bioshock 2. They were special. They they had a story behind them. You felt sad every time you killed one and it did that... And died. You felt You felt bad. It was a good little mini story. Nobody gives a crap about the handyman and the Uncle Sam robots at all. So that's knock number one. You don't care. You just shoot them in the ears. Thing. What does the big bird do? Protects Elizabeth. It disappears. Like no, it, it disappears until the end. It doesn't protect them, but well, it sort of protects by the <laughs> Spoilers, mate. <laughs> I mean... It literally, all the bird boils down to is at the end of the game, when you're on the Zeppelins, you can point it at something and say, go get it. That's it. That's all it does. Yeah. Even though you spent a good, the intro was good. All right. Point number three. Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2. You were in a just destroyed place. Right? It made mm-hmm. sense that you were rummaging through trash bins and finding bullets where you could, and you're using them, and your ammo's getting low. Why is it like that in Infinite? At all. Why are you getting a hot dog out of the trash when there's a vendor right there? Because you don't want to buy it brand new. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I go you, out, you only if buy you go to used... cinema, you're not going to pay for a hot dog. You're going to get into the bin and see if anyone's really? left a hot dog in there because it's a perfectly <laughs> good hot dog. Okay. So, Bioshock 1 and 2, the gameplay fit the story. In 3, they just shoved the gameplay in and went, eh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, whatever, it still works. There's no point while you're doing half the things you're doing, like scrounging for bullets and scrounging for health pickups and this and that in the infinite. That makes no sense. Okay, point number three. The story makes absolutely no sense. You think it does until you really stop and you think about it. That ending is a major cop-out. Do, do you really want to go into the ending? Uh, or should we save no, it no, for no. if we do the trilogy? I sort of agree. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's really cool at first, and then you turn the game off and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Number four, why Bioshock Infinite is crap. Okay? <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> you asked for you it, man. I know, I know, I know. But fine, okay. Keep on going, keep on going. Okay, this will, this will be my last major point. Bioshock Infinite is terrible because... It's shoving things down your throat the entire time. Okay? Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2. 
they gave you a situation and said, draw your own conclusions. Is this good or is this bad? Bioshock Infinite, the best example. Here's a baseball. Throw it at the interracial couple. They're bad people, aren't they? Everybody in 2017 will look at it and go, what are you, moron? And so you, you don't even get to make the choice. You start to throw the ball and they take it away from you. They don't even let you finish your choices. Maybe you were going to throw it at the interracial couple. Maybe you wanted to throw it at the carnival barker that was saying these are bad people because, well, he's an idiot. But they don't even let you finish your choices. It would be like in Bioshock 1 if you choose to harvest a little sister, but then somebody comes in and stops you. And all the choices are like that in Bioshock Infinite. They want to present you with a choice, but they want to make sure you take this certain route. Where if you are a normal, good, non-Nazi, racist person, you will always choose the point that they want you to point. But even if you just, eh, for shits and giggles, I'm going to click this one, they don't let you do it. Now, points on why Bioshock Infinite is good. Mm-hmm. Skyhook is really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Skyhook is very cool. All right. The gameplay is as good as Bioshock 1 and 2. I don't think it gets any better or any worse. So that's still a plus because Bioshock is good in terms of shooting things in the face. Yeah. And three, they did really good with Elizabeth. Her character is stupid and pedantic, but the way she works is good. I like that. Okay. Are you done? And that, that's. Are you done? Yes. Right, I get on. just just to, just to take a step back from this. I get the feeling that you're less concerned about the argument between one and two here, and you're kind of leaning more <laughs> towards three is terrible, and you want people to know. I have that, reasons why I like two more than one, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But they, they, I mean, they, that's quite it's quite an argument to do that because you know it's it's fine. But I I get what you're saying about the choices. The thing that I cannot. You, it's easy enough. You shouldn't have to rationalize away an action like that because I remember that exact thing. I remember thinking, actually, at the time, I thought, I'm going to get forced to do this. By the time I got to this point, you play in linear games so far that you just, you're on a rail and it's going to go in a certain direction. So I was just like, I think I tried to throw it somewhere onto the stage. I didn't try and throw it at the couple. I just want to point that out. I do not agree with that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, being stopped and thinking, oh, thank God for that. Whew. That's just a relief. Well, no, there, there's a good reason to throw it at the couple, not for the interracial reason. You're still undercover at that point. You don't want to be found out. So at that point, you might want to throw it at them to not blow your cover. To not blow your cover. But it's like in that whole Call of Duty thing in the airport. I spent the entire mission shooting the ceiling. Going, bah, 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 bah. No one's going to notice <laughs> I'm just shooting the ceiling. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be that deep. You know, if I throw it somewhere or I don't throw it, it's fine. It's a linear game. What do you, would you want? Do you want, like... Well, Bioshock 1 and 2, whenever they presented you with a choice, you could make a choice. The only choice you couldn't make was the would you kindly. And that played in perfectly with the story. Mm-hmm. That's why that gets a pass. But it, did you want to harvest the Little Sisters or not? It never stopped you from making choices. But the the harvesting yes, little sisters. I'm fine with it, linear. I, it, the the little sisters thing didn't. Im- well, no, okay, no. I was going to say it didn't impact in the story, but it didn't. Like mechanically, it was just a a game mechanic. It was it's a choice to do it or not. But it's 
it's like the Dishonored, do you choose to kill people or not, or how do you play through the game? It's still a linear game, and it still heads in the same direction, regardless okay, of what choices you I'm a little easy on this, but aren't there choices in Bioshock 1 where you can choose to kill somebody or not? Like the Doctor, that liked carving people up. Couldn't you choose not to kill him and just walk away? I can't remember. This is why I'm it would be beneficial to play the okay, game. Okay, so we'll just keep it to, to what we do remember. And 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 technically, the, the throwing the ball at the stage is a gameplay-changing decision. Or at least they present you it because mm-hmm. you don't want to blow your cover. Okay. Or do you? Yeah. But they don't let you choose. Fair enough. Fair enough. I uh, reject all of your arguments and let's move on. Uh, <laughs> well, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. Know, Mike, Luke, what do, you, what do you guys think in terms of Bioshock Infinite? I'm not. I'm not generally that fussed. If if I decide I want to throw the ball and then someone stops me, I'm always going to feel like, you know, was there was there any point in that choice anyway? Um, I don't know. And and the thing is, you know, uh, if if you've been guided by the hand of hand of Levine, then you should, <laughs> you should be you should be pretty safe generally. Uh, I think what Bioshock infinite was just great in the way that it, it switched it round like the you know the very first game very very dark and sort of brassy sort of atmosphere and then coming through to the infinite you get a hell of a lot of nice looking colors which you're probably not used to in that sort of game to be honest um yeah, look, visually i think it's a brilliant looking game yeah again it's the same thing for skyrim i don't think it's a bad game but I, I don't think it's as good as everybody says it is. Mm. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there were little parts in it, like like, like the fact that they took pop songs. Yeah, I was just about to say that. There wasn't that, was it like Madonna or something? That's a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cindy, Cindy Lauper, wasn't was, it? Yeah. It, okay. it was, Cindy Lauper. Good point that they did stuff like that. And then you had that, that couple of people, the, the man and the female. I can't remember their names. L- mm. L- L- but that's basically... And... Oh, yeah, the Lutesses. That's it, yeah. Okay, so you have things like that. It's basically sci-fi fiction for dummies. That's cool. I like that. Thank you, Dave. I'll but say that's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um but that that there's good stuff in there. But hmm. it's not as good as one or two. I don't know. I I think it was quite a I think it went a bit wider and maybe one of the reasons for the limitations in its scope over options and things was that it's general it's you know it's quite a wide game to be honest it had you, you on from the outset it looks like it's just you know um just the village in the sky sort of a bit like skyward sword but in in the end it does divert quite a lot it goes down places which look a bit more dishonored and but to avoid spoilers it goes to to quite a few places to be honest so oh i'm okay with i like Linearity in a game is a plus for me. I'll take a linear game like, you know, Final Fantasy thirteen over one where like Dragon Quest where I'm wandering around wondering what to go. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with that at well, all. I mean, the, the, I like linearity. The problem is if if I if I go on to then go into um, you know, like the the prison place. I can't remember the name of it, but that's I think that's where a lot of controversy is drawn from as well. In that, in, there's not much in the way of choice there either. So. That's what plays into your hands, unfortunately, Dave. So I'm going to skip that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Bioshock is only Infinite is only bad when compared to the first two. 
Otherwise, it is a perfectly serviceable, fun shooter. Well, the foot, or even just Bioshock One. When compared to Bioshock One, let's let's edit that bit. Not the well, first no, it's, the <laughs> bit to <laughs> edit in is the bit where Dave says something along the lines of, "Here are it's the reasons crap. Bioshock Infinite is a pile of utter crap." I'm sure that was how you compared, started. Compared, <laughs> compared to one or two. I mean, that's all we're talking about. We're not okay. talking about this yeah. compared to like Call of Duty or this compared to that. Yes, compared to the other two. Okay, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm done on three. I mean, you're spent. You're spent. <sighs> I don't. I can't say much more. Do you know what? I'm not going to say much more because I do feel it's something we should revisit, and and we should just. This would be interesting to do as a group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it would because we've we've all got our thoughts and feelings on it. Look, I can't believe you've not finished the first one. For really? a start, I'm I'm starting to remember. It was it not like a bit of a survival horror game. <laughs> a little bit, no, Luke, maybe not. Luke, little, little, very little. Um. Uh, also, this is something me and Craig found out last night when we did kind of a preemptive starter to this argument. Was we got different endings in Bioshock Two, yeah. and that will change your opinions quite a lot depending on what ending you get. Really, the reason out. I've not chimed in is. Because I, I can't really remember the games at all. so um, That's fine. Yeah. It's good. I think we've got our opinions just now. Let's leave it at that. I think, well, one little I, extra thing there. Did, how many of you did actually play the DLC for Infinite? I didn't. I, unfortunately, I I got Infinite. Yeah, I didn't either. Was Infinite on Plus for the PS3 at some point? It is quite good. Yeah, it was. I'd probably say might be worth having it if we ever revisit this again i'd say try the dlc because i I did finally pick them up in a sale uh, only about two years ago and they're very i mean that's welcome playthrough i did what was it uh minerva's den was that two no 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 this is the only dlc i played this the two parts good two part stories for infinite i think each of them is about three or four hours long like big big expansions down for that with with good good production quality and you visit some nice places, isn't it? I'll yeah, pick it up. But... I'll pick it up for the, the PS4. I've got them all in, sitting in the PSC. Yeah, it's, it'll be included well free remaster. in the PS4 package if you get the yeah. trilogy. Oh, good. That's what I got. Yeah. Excellent. Woo okay. hoo. Right. Let's schedule that in at some point. So, guys, thank you very much. Dave, you're wrong. Thanks very much for the conversation <laughs> there. We'll pick this up. I still love you, Craig. At a later date. The main event, because it's the one I've prepared for the most tonight. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Oh, God, here we go. So we've got Final Fantasy XV. Now, for the start, I I have... Yeah, let's get the music in there. But I have got my own personal opinions on Final Fantasy XV and now the Kingclave movie from before. But... I know two people who feel very, very strongly and passionately about this. So, who... Luke, you go first. I'll make the call. Because <laughs> okay. you told us 
that for this evening we need to watch King's Glaive. Did which you watch I have this? Now. I did. Oh, did I? I did indeed. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Dave, did you watch it? I I watched King's Glaive and played the the prequel game. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't play that it, bit. It's, well, that's good then. So we've got Mike, you've not seen it. I've seen it. Dave, you've seen it and played the prequel game. So we've got three avenues here. It's also worth noting that um, I got a free trial on Netflix with another Gmail account uh, and watched it. And Dave, what? how did you watch it? Did you get a free trial on Netflix <laughs> and then watch it? And now let, let's be, I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have everything. I still bought it on Voodoo because I'm an idiot. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you didn't buy it. You rented it. No, I, I still paid $5 for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's tiny wee tip. I would, uh, really quick, really quick, just to, like uh, Luke, Craig, mm-hmm. we've all seen it. Yeah. I would say it's worth a watch. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. do it if, if you're not going to play the game. I yeah, it's worth a watch. I did actually watch some of it. I remember now. Doesn't it start with some weird guy and he sat downstairs with a bunch of lads having a fag and eating some food? And I don't know what they were all on about, but they they loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's great. They, I'm saying they loved it. I didn't really like it. I thought it was a bit shit. But... It's it's a, a beautiful movie with yeah, on the understanding that you're going to play the game. It's a good trailer introduction a two-hour introduction to the game all right, but as a right I'm, I'm, movie. I'm willing to start this right right go so final fantasy 15 jrpg uh 40 to 50 hours to complete depending on if you want to be a completionist pros it looks lovely mm-hmm. the world is stunning mm-hmm. uh the sound is amazing the bromance is romantic Nice save. The camping is great. The car, uh, the regalia, it's mm-hmm. it's lovely. Yep. The photography is really cool. The eating and making food at the campfire is really great. Some of those dishes looked amazing. And oh yeah, yeah. riding a chocobo was amazing. Yeah, that's the uh, end of my pros. Oh right, my cons. Got a couple things there. No, yeah. well, hang on. You yeah. can, you can add later on. Okay. My cons, right? So, I think Dave said earlier. Let's say, Dark Souls is better combat than Skyrim. Dark yes. Souls is better combat than Final Fantasy Fifteen. Final Fantasy yes. Fifteen, I think, has some of the worst combat in a JRPG or an RPG in general that I have experienced. Well, it's lackluster. It never felt like I had control of my characters. The camera was all over the place when fighting big enemies. I didn't find it engaging. I ended up just holding a couple of buttons and summons arguably one of the best mechanics of Final Fantasy Fifteen was hidden in random uh, I don't know what you'd call it, encounters almost? Yeah, random places. It mm-hmm. all depends yeah. on where you are geography wise. Yeah. Okay. I will actually agree with you. Cool. Great. I too Mike? concur. Um, with the, this, it was quite satisfying. Those wee tag teammate type moves were quite satisfying, and I found a lot of the time, uh, I was more just looking at it. I was pressing things and I was mindlessly going through it, but I was just looking at it, going, oh, "This is this is pretty cool." Uh, let let Luke finish, Dave. Excuse <laughs> me, but uh, Luke said, "Luke said, guys, I thought that was guys, our opportunity, guys." 
Guys, uh, yeah, Craig, I'll give you the tag team thing. I, I would yeah. add that to my pros. Um, and I just want to add into the cons the worst uh, combat mechanic ever, which was that one where it pauses every time you start moving. That what? Well, was that, that you you turn on in the menu. Yeah, you can what, turn it off. What? No, of course I, I turned it on to try it, and then I was like, "The hell is going on? <laughs> well, I don't need to pause it's a, to it's think." A... <laughs> As a man who's played seven Final Fantasy games this year, it's a legacy thing. <laughs> okay, so it's right. a wait mode okay. and an active mode. Right, thank if you. If only we had an expert on Final Fantasy games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, everything up to seven. Uh huh. No, but yeah, I give you the combat. The combat's meh. Combat. Meh. Mike, anything to add on combat? Combat's pretty good. I thought it was, I thought it was decent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think any game that has that sort of music playing over the battle mode can be anything but uh, brilliant. So, so, yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. They were excited to get into a battle just because that music would play and they'd be like swooning along with it, but going, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing music. At least it's not done a Final Fantasy thirteen where there's probably only about two good songs in the entire soundtrack. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Um, and I see... Uh, just in case you don't know, the com the combat is not like any other Final Fantasy game. The combat is very much pulled from Kingdom Hearts. So if you like the Kingdom Hearts battle system, you will probably like this. I'd argue that like the Kingdom's Heart combat in the PlayStation One game is better than the Final Fantasy Fifteen game because I felt like I had control in my one, game. One. Oh, sorry, the PlayStation Two version of Kingdom Hearts. The first one, I think the combat yes. in that game is better than this game because I felt like I had control of what I was doing, which I never felt like I had throughout this game. Well, I can't go with you on that hill, sir. I, okay. I kind of thought, right, okay, maybe I'm misinterpreting lackluster. I didn't find the combat very deep or very uh, uh, complex, but I did find it quite satisfying. That's what I'm saying. In my mindless take on it, I found it nice to be in combat and just you know like dooka, 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 do, job done let's move on so you found it enjoyable yes but not challenging yes yes apart uh, from the, the only time i'll add it challenging is with magic if you use magic okay it does get a wee bit challenging because you have to aim very carefully yeah, yeah i came across the octopus guy who what's his name dave again sorry in older games, he was Ultros. Okay, whatever. I An do. octopus in a sewer. And I came across it, and I just... It, absolute monster of a thing. I think that thing was designed. You have to finish the game, level up, and then go back and beat it. Because it was it's a beast of a boss compared to the rest of the game. The rest of the game was a doddle. That thing... Pff, yeah. Something else. That Yeah, that not a man toys. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yep. Crack on. Right, uh, Dave said Witcher 2 had a better world than Skyrim. I'm going to say, I, although I've not played Witcher 2, I felt the world, whilst looking amazing and very detailed, and you know, there's obviously an environment, a structure, a society in that world, I felt it was barren. The NPCs did very little to add to the game, and the side quests were junk. Yeah, I agree. But frogs... Nah. Didn't you want to collect <laughs> yeah. frogs? Collecting it was frogs. like playing World of Warcraft again. Go collect ten of oh. these. Go over oh here and goodness. do that. My character it, yeah, it was very. It was very Final Fantasy twelve going on hunts. Hmm. It was very lackluster. Yeah. Oh, completely. Right. Give you that. 
and, and then the, I'm going to go into the my... thing that can I just Sorry. throw in there? The thing yeah, you know, add, add, add to everything. Yeah. The thing that bothered me the most was I like a clean quest list and every time you completed a quest for one of the guys in the market, they gave you another quest and you get stuck in a loop of doing quests which just done my head absolutely done my head in No, Wait, isn't this the man who said I like a bit of fetching, I like a bit of questing Okay, yeah, but that, this is the <laughs> now thing. Now you know how it feels. Now you know. <laughs> if you feel, see, if you feel the way you feel about, you know, like Skyrim or whatever, or fetching, is the way I feel about Final Fantasy, I think we're just at a different level, maybe. So maybe you were even more infuriated and disappointed by Final Fantasy fifteen than I was. and But I, it done my It's no in. Dominion Rod. Okay, with that. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Do you want to chime in here? You sound like you're a bit aggravated. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little. Um, in short, it's just I think every stopping point in the game is a is a nice little place. I think they can get a bit samey some of them, but you know when you come come to the bigger bigger places like uh, is it Hammerhead and what was the what was yeah, the main yeah. main city place? Oh, what was oh, the big what, like city? Costa del Sol or something yeah. like we'll that. call it Costa del Sol in fact no, no, no that's the one at the, oh. that's one below to the south of there but the one actually in the middle of the map oh okay Cal- oh with Calacio the hotel yeah I can't remember the exact yeah. name but I thought those places st- stuck out as being absolutely amazing it's just you know the yeah the road between yeah. places it's it sort of grates on you after a while because you're like you know it's a great opportunity to listen to the music but as you go through, you're like, oh, this barrier on the side of me, I know that there's not even a single staircase along this two-mile stretch of road. And you think, well, that obviously means I'm basically driving down a road here, which is just walled off completely, and that's it. And it's like, you know, there are bits where you can get out and explore a bit, but it's, it's you know, it's probably only like 20%, maybe even less of the map that you can actually explore properly. So a lot of, a lot of invisible I'll- barriers. I might have a reason. I don't. I don't think it's a good reason. Like I'll agree with you guys. The the overworld at large can be kind of boring at times. I still love the car rides. Yeah, yeah, right? but yeah, um, yeah um, I, I'll agree. It with you, seems Mike. like. Oh, oh, sorry. I, it seems like they with the movie plus this. It seems like they were going for a more. I don't want to say realistic, but you know what I mean. World. Where like this this place has been settled. It's it's been wiped clean. It's like a city, and this is just like traveling from for me be like going from Pennsylvania to New York. You're not gonna run into a lot of stuff that makes you get out of the car and go whoa. Yeah. So I see. I think that's what they were going for, but I don't think it was a good idea. Okay. Yeah, I mean like. Just to go back to Mike's point, I totally agree. The cities looked amazing, but like none of the people there, like they didn't add anything to the to the story or to your character development or learning about the world. It was just oh, here's a quest or here's something to buy. Yeah. Um, there was it that just felt empty. That had to get you to take his photos of being <laughs> oh, yeah. places. A good photographer. Um, yeah. To be fair, that's a Final Fantasy staple. Is that okay. like NPCs in Final Fantasy games are useless for the most part. Cool, so that's going to move me straight on to my next point. Thank you for the segue, Dave. This is the first Final You're Fantasy welcome. game that I've completed. Uh, boo. <laughs> and um, in comparison to other JRPGs, I just did not get the story at all. Um, so 
I read somewhere that you should really watch the film if you're planning on playing the game. Uh, so I watched the film. The film sets the world up. It sets up the characters. It sets up the basis of the story. It's set before the game. Uh, and no, it does... no, you're wrong. You're you're wrong. What? The film takes place two, three hours into the game. In the game, if you remember, yeah, when you okay, go to that place, it's on the yep. beach. Yeah, you get the news that your your father died. That's yep. when the movie takes place. I okay, yeah. There there are, there are some flashbacks in it as well, so it kind of gives you a bit of concept. yeah that beginning yep. part. Yep. Um, so I thought the film set all that up very well and the game completely ignored it. It didn't expand on it. It didn't even touch on it. So if, if I hadn't watched the film, how would I have known about all that stuff going on and why it was happening? Fair point. Oh, oh okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 this is our major contention point, sir. As... What didn't it set up? It set up that your father's kingdom is now taken over by Niflheim. Right. It set up that the brother tried the ring on and is now just this weird monstery looking thing. Yep. It's set up why there's no longer a Kingsclave. And it's set up um where Noctis was and where Luna Freya was and why they're not together at the beginning of the game. Right, but what does the game do to expand or touch on any of that stuff? The game picks up right afterwards because yeah. you're picking up right when you're trying to get the ring to Noctis. The game as soon as you start the game on the story. Yeah, as soon as you get the control of Noctis, you're trying to get to Luna Freya, who has the ring. Once you get the ring, then you have Arden coming trying to get the ring. And that's the game. Right, okay, but they that's the start of the game. The rest of the game doesn't develop the story apart from you're on this quest where there's massive plot holes in this game. How did the, the brother, the blonde guy in the white suit turn into that monster? What happened? He tried the, the ring on he in the movie. The ring on. Okay, I didn't pick that bit up. Obviously, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, but what happened to the evil king at the end? You know, the one that's uh, finally taken over the, the the city and the kingdom. He's he's a dead puppet. Um, the emperor. Yeah, that was set up in the movie. But you didn't see it happen in the in the game. There was nothing. In the game, on... you heard about it on the news because you were not there. Like, everything in the game is from Noctis's point of view. You don't get anything outside of it. So all, you have all the information he knows. And if you stop and you listen to the news, like on the TV screens, it talks about some of that stuff. See, I, I, I missed most of this then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I kind of... I see what point you're trying to build here. But I... I watched it today, eventually. I managed to watch like 15 minutes, and then another 5 minutes, and then another 10 minutes, and then I just hid upstairs. So, I, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it on the, the most of it on the big telly. I ended up watching it on my laptop. And I just thought it slotted in perfectly to the game. It explained why you saw some things and heard some things in the game that you wouldn't have known how it happened. But I thought it just... I said to Dave, just when you connected, or just before you connected feels like it could have been, if it wasn't two hours long, it could have been a cut scene between chapter two and three or three and four, something like that. Something in there. It could to have be been, fair, it didn't need to be two hours long, it either, did, really. It didn't need to be two hours long. They could have condensed it down. It could have been a gigantic cut scene. We're no stranger to gigantic cut scenes in some games. So... Right. Oh, okay, right. So, the the bad guy, the evil guy, the, the guy Alden. at the end... Arden? 
yet can you explain what his motives were or anything to do with why why any of this stuff had happened he's okay the chancellor of Niflheim, and being the but chancellor of a nation that wants to take over everything his motives are quite clear in wanting to take over everything because he's the no, chancellor no. Not him, the guy in the cowboy hat with the long trench coat. Yeah, he's the Main chancellor. Bad. He's not the king. But the that, king that, is Captain Mustache. He's not. He's a. By the end of it, he's a big demon thing. Yes. Welcome to Final Fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, I'm, so, um, I'm sorry. That's not going to cut it. If I'm if I'm investing. No, 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 no. Okay. In the movie, they stole the crystal. He was using the power of the crystal that uh, insomnia was using to make the shield he took and took the power from. That's why he turns into a giant monster. You see them steal. Now, I'll give you this. They really should have been in the game. Like, if you didn't watch the movie, really should have been. Same with the old kings. Like, you get no explanation about the old kings in the game. Yeah. In the movie, you do. That's that. I'll give. I'll totally give you that one, too. I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel the like you should have gone Arden back and watched into, this. Yeah. Um, the reason why Arden turns into it is blah, crystal walk on the Final Fantasy. <sighs> I, I maybe need to go watch this film again and I didn't pick it up because I'd watched the film before the game or whatnot. Um, anyway, I just found myself bouncing off the story the whole way through to the point where I was like, right, I'm halfway through. I might as well finish it. And you guys keep on saying it's worth it at the end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say the character development was weak, right? Apart from being good friends and them being bromantic all the time, what did we learn about them? Is there any backstory to them? They are just catchphrases, and they are stereotypes. <gasps> How can you say that about Ignis, of all people? Papa Ignis? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, them as a group, they were Noctis's Kingsglaive. Yeah, I get that. Right? Yeah. That's, that's where they come from. All right? The character development that happens is, well, Ignis goes blind, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oh, spoilers, by the way. If oh, you yeah. haven't played this... Don't listen anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> um, the character, de- the whole point of the character and the only character that really develops, and it kind of makes sense because he's the main character, is Noctis learns to be a man. Mm-hmm. He learns how to be a king. That, yeah. That's the whole point of this. All Gladiolus, Prompto, and Ignis are, are, are his bodyguards and advisors. That, that's uh, I'm sorry that's that's too thin for me on a if I'm if I'm investing that amount of time in a an RPG in comparison to other games such as The Witcher Three as Persona as Nino Kino Nino Kino why the fuck can't I speak Nino Kuni Nino Kuni <laughs> even Mass Effect Dragon Age all of these uh, games well okay but to be fair what character arc does Shepard go through. Yeah, this is the thing. You, right, okay. Can I just... You can are Shepard. You are you are Shepard. Shepard is a, a representation of yourself. Like, hang hang on, hang on. Let me just... <laughs> let me just counter that point, right? Shepard is a representation of yourself. It's the rest of your team that develops and you learn bits about them and you... You're, you're the backstory of them. They become part of your world whilst those yeah, three... But- were just were just there to serve a purpose. They weren't. You didn't learn. Garrus anything. is the same in the first one as he is in the third. Same with Rex. They're still the, they're the same person. But you Rex know, Rex is still I'm gonna bash shit upside the head. You you find out things about them. I didn't feel like I knew anything about these three people okay. apart from you one have was a, a heartfelt conversation point. with Prompto no. on the roof of that cafe thing. 
a lot of the stuff is optional stuff. You have a good point. A lot of the stuff where you find out about where Gladiolus is from, where Ignis is from, where Prompto is from, they're optional. Prompto, I think, is necessary. I think he's the only one where you find out he was a clone. But also, again, bad job on Square Enix. They took care of a lot of this stuff in the anime that you're supposed to watch before you play. See, a okay. lot of this stuff in Japan was released piecemeal before the game came out. So you would be all caught up, yeah. ready to go play the game. Here, it all kind of just went... And just plopped out. I did read today, it's actually on the Wikipedia page for one of these things. I don't know if it's Kingclave or Final Fantasy Fifteen or some anime or something. Somewhere it said that it was specifically designed that Final Fantasy was a multimedia type release. It wasn't just a game and this is a promotional video for that game and this is this. It was a multimedia thing and it was all kind of like drip fed out in a way that made sense so maybe yeah i get like yeah to luke's point yes they, it, it wasn't yeah. like that here it was just plopped out it wasn't all like, at the same time i think i would have appreciated seeing the, the movie kingsglaive before playing the game equally now that i've played the game i feel like it's perfectly complements a gap in the knowledge of and it explains some things so i think I think it's worked. Really, I'm really enjoyed watching it today because at the end, after the credits, did you get to after the credits? I can't oh, remember. No, I didn't. End of the credits. Da, 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 Square Enix. Blah 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 blah. Thanks. Credits drop, and then it's the start of Final Fantasy 15 when you're in the car and you break down. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it starts. It it's got uh, about. F- 45 seconds to a minute's worth of the footage there and that's how it ends and, but yeah Luke I totally agree with your point though they, they don't make this stuff widely available even if it was something in the game of if you liked these characters check this out it, it's not in the game I'll I, give you that it's absolutely true I don't know I just I don't I don't see why you guys are so hyped up about it I mean it's like it was the another spoiler the um the the love interest i can't remember her name um luna freya luna freya she she dies in the game to me it seemed like they were trying to replicate the the Ares the air thing from final fantasy 7 Ares even um but i didn't have enough involvement or development with that character to care i was just like oh okay well she's gone poor noctis uh like there was nothing about the game that drew me in on a story level and I'm going to call bullshit on having to watch films and animes and read comics well, and play no, other games to, I, put, I, to I understand get, what's going on I'm not saying it's a good game. idea. No. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a great way to do it. I'm just saying that's why. Can I just... Can so, I just yeah, I agree with you. Slightly come in yes. with a... I came into Final Fantasy fifteen cold. Like, I stole it off your look, didn't I? And I just spent a week <laughs> or two playing it. And... I I was totally cold to the thought of even reading about it online or checking it out. I just sat and played it, and I felt like, you know, in the space of the 50 hours I played that game, Noctis grew from being a, a whiny wee brat into someone that can essentially just go, no, I, I know how to deal with this, and he dealt with it in the very manly way that he did. Um, oh. oh, it's so good. And then Luna 
the same. She was. It was her purpose. Her purpose was it to enable Noctis to get the ring to Noctis and to enable Noctis to fulfill his destiny, which was to do the, his thing. And I felt like I got really attached to it. And I don't. I I appreciate that you might not have, but I don't think it was all necessary because by the end of it, I was a bawling wreck. You had a campfire, and you're just about to go. You're <laughs> walking. You're walking back into insomnia, knowing you're going to die. And you're at a campfire and you're like, oh, you know, good times for, you know, like you're totally having a lovely conversation. I was like, oh my goodness, this is just awfully, awfully hard on the old heart. And then it happens again when you actually do die. And then you get this mid cutscene bit with Luna and you're both dead on throne and it's, you have a wee cuddle and you look at a photo and it's, it just blew, it blew me away. Right, I'll give you that bit. I'll give you the ending, right? I'll give you the campfire scene at the end. But there's a bit just before that. So Noctis, he disappears. He, like, Skype uh, time skips for, like, 10, 20, I don't know how many years, right? And he turns up... I think it's to, 30. Yeah, he turns up 30 years later to the world in complete darkness. Uh, but the characters, they say they're having a tough time. There's none of this, oh, where have you been? There's no questions asked. There's no, there's nothing to say, this is what we've had to do. There's just a little bit of, uh, I it just skim, skims the, the surface ask, of it. I don't think the characters ask because you, the player, know where he's been. So they don't have the other characters asking redundant questions. Because you, the character, know he's been in the crystal with Bahamut Zero for 30 years. Yeah. I understand that bit, but surely Noctis wants to know what's happened to his people, what's happened to the... It just it just skips massive bits of opportunity. And to me, to come out of a crystal with a beard, and all my friends are 30 years older, I'd be like, holy crap, what's going on here, guys? There's absolutely none of that. Like, I mean, actually, there, yeah, there I would is be like, if you look, talk to people. Well, yeah, I did, though. Did you talk... Did you talk... Did you, like, exhaust Cindy's dialogue? And exhaust everybody else's dialogue because it some of it is there, but like the uh, game is Gladiolus explains what happens. Yeah, you get little snippets, but it's not like it's not like oh you know uh, we've lost Ignis because he's had he's been doing this or you know uh, Gladiolus the Gladiolus's sisters died because of this. You know there's there's absolutely nothing there. Well, there's tiny little snippets of information there that. I mean, if I'm investing time in a big, long RPG, I expect to understand what's going on or to have some sort of compassion or with the character and the world and all these things going on. I just didn't feel like the the game was trying to suck me in at all. It was like, it was like watching a James Bond film. I'm going to move from point A to point B because somebody's told me to or there's an objective there. You okay, know, I thought you were going to bash James Bond for a second. No, no, I was no, like, no. All right, we're adding another hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I get your point. I get your point. Um, first, on, on Luna Freya, really quick. Um, you're right. If you didn't watch the movie and you didn't know that she was constantly being hunted by Niflheim, her death would make no sense. Give you that. It's a good point. All right? Number two, it's not a big deal that they killed her. They kill a main character in every Final Fantasy game. That's no, not a big deal. Yeah, that, that's fine. But you guys said, well, yes, it was, it was, it was, it was important to the story because the way I saw the typical JRPG story was you were going to meet up with her and together the power of your love would 
kill the bad guy. That's totally what I saw happening. It didn't. So, for me, that was a good thing. Um, Towards the end, you do know what Ignis has been up to. You know what Gladio and Prompto and Cindy, they've all, they tell you what they've all been up to. No, they don't take a lot of time on it. And I think there's like one of two ways as to why. One is, you're getting towards the end of the game. You know what you have to do. All the rest is ancillary. Go do what you have to do. This is the lesson Noctis learns. Don't pay attention to the ancillary stuff. Do what you have to do. Number two, well, we're getting close to the end of the game. People probably want to finish it. Uh, let's go. I think I, That's what I'm guessing. Number one on your point works exactly into the narrative of the game. Noctis disappears for 30 years, comes back, and he's like, let's do this type thing. Just get it done. Because, he, yeah, it, it's where he learns to act like a king and to not look at everybody like friends, but to be a king. Mm-hmm. Specifically Sean Bean. Who again died in a movie? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just just to finalize my point or to, to give my final thoughts, right? This game was made out to be the next coming of Final Fantasy games and maybe JRPGs, but for it me, was. with everything I've said before, with the combat not being engaging, with the story not making sense to me, obviously, maybe you guys have picked up more than than I have, um, and the world just feeling a bit empty and barren. Um, I mean, it's got loads of positives, but it's not an excellent game. It's not a great game. It's not a game that you're going to be talking about in 25 years. As this is a must-play game. It's an average to good game at best. And I think it was given too much credit because it's got Final Fantasy in the name. Had that been another JRPG, I don't think you would have seen the scores it got. God damn it, Luke. All right. I'm All right. Sorry. I can see your point, Luke. And this is kind of, dude. This is me in Skyrim, so I can't, I can't say you're wrong. All right, can't say you're wrong. Uh, that's no, how I feel about Skyrim. Yeah, I don't think it's that Final Fantasy is in the name because thirteen, thirteen two, Lightning Returns, they all bombed. So it's not the name. The name has nothing anymore, except with like thirty year old people like us, I guess. But yeah, for the most part. I disagree with almost everything you said, <laughs> but <laughs> I see what you're I see what you're saying. I think it all depends on how well the characters work on you. Like that's got to be the number one thing 15 has is if these guys don't work their charm on you, you're going to hate this game. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, you Metacritic have an 81% on uh, reviewer scores well I mean it's yeah but it is a good way of checking the average score Um, yeah yeah. but I found the only people that gave it reviews that kind of represented my thoughts were either people that play a lot of RPGs or like I read the the Guardian, Telegraph um, their articles are normally kind of how I view games as well and it was only seemed to be like a few including those ones that picked up on the points that I picked up. So maybe I was thinking, oh, I've done, I've, I've not played this game properly. I've not picked it up. But the more I look into the user side of the score, I can see more people seeing the same thing. So part of me thinks that why is this reviewed so well? And is it because Final Fantasy is in the name that it's got a higher score than? I think a lot of people were excited to see Final Fantasy come yeah. back. I don't... Well, okay, I give a rat's ass about reviewer scores, so I'm, I'm sorry on that one. I, I don't know why it would have gotten reviewed so high. 
if a lot of people had that argument. Like, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I finished the game because of the characters. I didn't finish the game because of the main story. I didn't finish the game because of the combat. Although, the monsters look really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 finished, I finished it because of Prompto and company. That final summons... Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, like I have a major bonus. Is that Ifrit? Oh my gosh, Shiva and if oh, Fuck so good, so good. So I, I see your point, Luke, and I understand. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, I, um, I mean, I'm totally, I'm on the Dave scale of things here. I see what you're saying. I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, just just one more point to add to it, right? Final Fan, uh, sorry, yes. Final Fantasy Fifteen. You're with a group of people, and you guys say that makes the game Mass Effect. You're with a group of people, and for me, they make the game as well as the story. There, there is a an objective that you have to meet. But you know, if one of the main characters from the Final Fantasy theme died, I don't think I'd care. Um, you wouldn't power- care if Papa Ignis died. No. Well, I mean, what have I got to go on apart from oh. the odd snippet of conversation and the delicious food he makes you? Well, that, well, no, 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 no. I mean, like those snippets of conversations are what make people makes people friends. Like, I mean, we're friends because we talked while playing Street Fighter. We didn't know each other very long, but it's just the conversations that but made us friends. I'm not going to group up and go follow you to save your dad's kingdom and watch you sacrifice you yourself. son of a bitch! <laughs> I just want to be the first but to remember, say, I would follow you, I would drive you about <laughs> the you. place, and I'd cook down But remember too, in 15, even Gladiolus did not like Noctis. How many times did he say, knock yeah. it off, you pussy bitch? Yeah. They were doing it because it was their job. I, I appreciate that bit as well. I mean, th- throughout the game, I thought Noctis was a whingy bitch, and I I attached myself to that character more than I did Noctis. But to say that... I, j- I just don't understand your point of view at all. Sorry. I don't understand yours, sir. So let's hug, let's <laughs> okay. hug man. Uh, no, no, that, that's perfectly fine. Cool. Right, just before we round up on Final Fantasy Fifteen, Mike, have you got anything on Final Fantasy Fifteen you want to add? Um... Just my social input, obviously, which is that mm-hmm. I don't I don't know much about what Dave's saying about small interactions, meaning friendships and stuff. But at the same point, I walked I walked into this game. You guys had hyped this game up so much that it couldn't it couldn't possibly live up to the potential. But you know, after about what ten ten odd hours, I I did find myself quite attached to the uh, to all the, the characters in the game. And um, yeah, it was job well done. It lasted all the way through to the end. There's so many, there's so many sort of red herrings where you think, "Oh, this guy's definitely going to be a goner," and he's, you know, the, it's a guessing <laughs> game of which one's going to be this. The 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 princess, she's sort of like, she's sort of like a a given thing. But I I always thought one of them was going to die, and at times I think it'd be Ignis. Occasionally, I'd think maybe Prompto. Quite frequently, I thought Gladiolus would be a back- backstabber who suddenly turns into the main bad guy or something like that. I don't know. It was just unpredictable all the way through. And um, I'm quite glad I didn't watch King's Glaive because uh, that would have confused things even more, I think. 
but uh but no i did like like the narrative though it made up and um the story the actual story itself i didn't really care after a while i didn't know what was happening but um <laughs> i know the re- relationship <laughs> between the characters yeah it was a definite plus point and uh I think yeah, it was one think, of the most it'll... character-driven games I've ever played. No, it'll stick with me. And, and I know Luke said, will I be t- speaking about this in 25 years? And I don't think I will. Maybe in 24 years, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, to me, I think this was a different change of pace for Final Fantasy because everything up until this point has been, except maybe 10. 10 was the only one that was more about the characters in the world. But every other Final Fantasy game has been about the world and the giant story it tells. I think that's why a lot of people, whether rightly so or maybe they were mistaken, got excited about this because this was them almost trying to be a Western studio of the characters are more important. I don't think they pulled off that character's story balance very well, but I think that's what makes 15 special. Okay, so show hands who cried multiple times. I'm definitely I'm in that camp. I did I did the manly one tear down the cheek while not talking because my voice would crack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my wife, however, was a blubbering ball of flesh at the end. See, and the, even my daughter just lost it. And the mid um the mid tear uh, credits tearjerker Laura walked into the room. I was oh. at like nine in the morning. I was playing it to finish it off. It started at six, and I was still playing it. And she walked in, and I was just like a mess. And she just kind of like did that comedy, you know, like Homer reversing out <laughs> and back into the bushes, reverse <laughs> <laughs> back out the room. <laughs> oh god, Luke. Did the ending get you, or did you have a heart of stone by this point? No, uh, yeah, I, I will admit the ending, the bit with uh, at the end where he sat down on the chair. Um, yeah, I did find myself tearing up at that, but not. There was no tears. It was just that is emotional <laughs> and even. <laughs> <laughs> he took the throne. He did not sit down on the chair. Sat down at the dining table. <laughs> Well, to be fair, with the, the lack of story, it could have been a dining table chair. I'm, I'm not sure why. But... Fair enough. Right. So, guys, uh, again, it's been another hour of pleasant argument. Does anyone have anything else targeted at anyone in the group that they just want to get off their chest right now? Maybe set a word limit or a time limit. If you've got 30 seconds of something you want to say, say it. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're bugging out, so... Okay, Craig, one quick thing. Could do it. Why do you why why do you like Day of the Tentacle? Alright, I'm gonna take a break. I'll be out of here. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave, not. Dave. There is no game. There is no Zelda that is a better Zelda. No! Ratchet and Clank is a better Zelda than Zelda, damn it! Ratchet and Clank isn't it's not a better Zelda than Zelda. How's that better? It is, Zelda? it's the exact same game. It's the exact same game. But how's it better? Oh, mm. It's better because you have more fun playing Ratchet and Clank than you do Zelda. You don't care who Zelda is in Ratchet and Clank. Whereas in every Zelda game, it's, oh, who's going to be Zelda this time? I don't care. And that, you meet Commander Quark. Quark owns Zelda. I completely You disagree. have the same kind of, you get a tool, 
that you have to use to finish the level you're in. Much like with Zelda, you get a tool that you have to use to finish the dungeon. It is a successive uh, acquiring of tools to beat the game. Ratchet and Clank and Zelda are very much the same in that regard. The only difference is Zelda is boring. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, any I, hate that was uh, directed me at Final Fantasy will be. Oh no, yeah, that's good. It's just it's <laughs> purely back on Dave again, and I think that's that's a, a good. <laughs> so, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the wonderful chat and the lack of again name calling and shouting and swearing. It's been it's been relatively pleasant. So, oh, and on a quick note, uh, I know it's it's nice to be be a year a year deep into this now, but by the time mm-hmm. this podcast comes out, we'll we'll have a a birthday in the group. So a big congratulations to Dave. Hi, oh, thank you. I didn't yeah. die in the last three hundred sixty-five days. <laughs> Woo! And happy yep. birthday! Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Woo. And on that uh, note, you can send all your checks and money orders. Oh. To me. Say bye, guys. Just say bye. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Ahoy, ahoy.